there's rumors in the Twitter sphere. Kind of on the topic for today. Love a role on the mat. On the mats. Say on the mat tonight. On the mat. Go on the mats. On the mat. On the mat. So glad you could make it out tonight. I, uh, I really appreciate y'all bringing me on the show. Good to go. Oh, yeah! How's it going? There we go. Hey, how you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Very good to hear from you. Yes, sir. Likewise. Really, really happy to have you on, brother. Yeah, definitely, man. I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been a it's always been a great time, man. We've always had really good conversations. I love, you know, your story. Uh, the things that you do are are awesome, and we'll get into all of that stuff. But yeah, glad for yeah. glad to have you on. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Definitely glad to be here. Shoot, I'm just sitting over here playing a little bit of the guitar, waiting for you to send me the send me the link and jump on with you. <laughs> I love it, man. So for our listeners, uh, there's a new feature on the there's a new feature on the Twitter space. And if you look in the bottom right hand corner of your screen, there should be a little text bubble there. If you if you click that and uh, type in anything, you'll reply to the space so that we can see any of your questions. Just in case you're not you're not able to speak or your mic's not turned on. If you have any questions for uh, for Stetson, for myself, Katie, who's now on. What's up, Katie? Hello, hello. I'm so sorry I was in the meeting in my office, but just got out of it. I was like, y'all, I got to go at 830. So here I am. <laughs> oh, I love it, Katie. Thank you for making time for us. It's my pleasure. I could not miss a, a conversation with the singular most cowboy cowboy I think I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. well, very well put. I, I think the same thing, man. You just every time I look. I, I don't think you can get more cowboy and then you just keep on keep on living the life, man. Oh, definitely. It's it's a lifestyle, that's for sure. You know, it's uh, a lot of them old timers they said you can't play cowboy, you know. So <laughs> and they were right. <laughs> I love it. So uh just you know, for the podcast for our listeners, I'm Coach Mark. I'm here with Katie Petty, the wonderful of uh K Petty Photography. And um, we're here with Stetson Lewis, man. Stetson, tell us a little bit about yourself. Just a quick intro, and then we'll get into a bunch of stuff because you're in the Blue Belt Bash. Uh, you've been doing a lot of a lot of other things aside from martial arts. So yeah, just give everybody a real quick, you know, a real quick intro. Yeah. Um, so I'm a professional bull rider. Uh, I've been a professional bull rider in the PBR, the PRCA, and the CBR yeah, for oh shoot about 15 years and uh i started uh my mixed martial arts career right about the same time that uh i got into professional bull riding um i know i'm not very big now but i was smaller than i am now <laughs> and uh, i was at a pro rodeo in denver and uh i ended up pulling about five thousand dollars out of that that deal and a couple of guys told my dad, said, you know, he needs to put a little bit of muscle on and stuff. And uh, I found a mixed martial arts school and uh, they helped me with that. And I fell in love with uh, mixed martial arts. And that was my martial arts journey from the start right there. That's awesome. And so have you been in Alamo the whole time? Are you uh, are you from Alamo or did you move there? Um, I moved to uh, Tularosa in 2000. 
too. Uh, my grandfather had bought a ranch over here in 1985, and uh, he was out here working on the ranch, and he uh, accidentally uh, hit his foot with a shovel. He was uh, digging out a water line, and he was diabetic, and he's just a just a tough old bird and didn't want to go to the doctor about it, and it formed a blood clot in his foot, and then uh, it traveled up his leg, and uh, he didn't want to do anything, and they turned to gangrene, and so my mom came down here to take care of him. They had to amputate his leg three different times to uh, catch the gangrene. And, uh, yeah, so we, we stayed down here with him ever since. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's one I don't think I've ever heard, man. So you guys have been here since 02 yeah. coming out from family. Yeah, yeah. So, but I got, I have family over in uh, Crow Flat, New Mexico, in Dell City, Texas. That's where uh, my dad's family are. And we have a long, long history out here in New Mexico. The Lewis family does. Um, kind of had a, a, like a, a family feud kind of thing with uh, Oliver Lee's family back in the 1800s. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was uh, there was a little bit of a war between the the, the Lewis clan and the <laughs> Oliver Lee's clan. <laughs> Man, and that's going back to the 1800s, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And you know, I'm glad to have Katie on here because Katie is also country herself. And uh, I saw you turned your mic on. Why don't you jump in, Katie? A little little western myself. I'm sitting here giggling. Because I um, am literally in the office right now working on a uh, research poster for some water rights issues that I've been looking at. And I know, like, Stetson for sure would definitely be able to chit-chat about that. Um, but that family feud sounds like straight out of a Louis L'Amour book. Your entire life just reminds me of Louis L'Amour, man. Yeah, shoot. Uh, it's uh, got a lot of history, you know, a, a lot of cowboys in my family and stuff and uh, I definitely have some wild stories that go back uh, at least 150 years. <laughs> so super random, but my um, college, one of our little side pro projects we've been doing is collecting um, stories, family histories from around these parts. And I would love to get together at some point and get some of your history down. My family hasn't been here super long, but our ranch is out in Red Rock. And we were one of the first people out that direction and have a really cool, um, a few different super cool family photos I submitted to the NMSU archive of the tiny little schoolhouse we have out there. So that's something we should definitely get to do. And it's really cool having someone else who's, you know, from the Western side of things, who's also involved in the BJJ community. It's interesting to see how that overlaps sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you go to Ghosts of the Guadalupes, they, uh, have uh, my family from Crow Flat and Dell City in that book and everything. I'm sure you can get it off Amazon, Katie. That's pretty cool, man. I I love to hear that story because I consider myself a native New Mexican. Also, I was lucky enough to find uh, a relative uh, back in like 2003, 2004, maybe, who had put our whole family tree on on the internet in some obscure New Mexico database website. And traced our family history back to you know seventeen eighteen hundreds all all in this state. So it's it's awesome to hear stories like that from other people too. Yeah, it it really is. There's everybody's got a history and stuff. And uh, you know, I I I studied uh, 
American history uh, when I went to Odessa College and majored in political science. And being a history teacher was uh, one of my pursuits that I wanted to do. And so I'm always fascinated by it. That's really cool, man. I I went to school for the same thing, and I, you know, I never saw it through. But I, a history teacher, was definitely on so, something that I wanted to do. I could see you as a little history teacher out here teaching in some history class. I I could see it. I I will support it. <laughs> yeah, in another life, it would have been great. So uh, Stetson, at the guitar you're playing, I know you told me a really cool uh, story a long time ago. So I met Stetson back. Uh, it it had to have been post-pandemic right we had just opened up it was either right before or during uh the pandemic that you had come down and started training with us right yeah it was uh before the pandemic i came down there with uh, leonard ellison shout out to leonard and he introduced me to all you guys and stuff and uh i think somebody had a guitar and was picking a guitar a little bit and i sat over there and uh picked some strings with them and and we got to talking and uh i i can't remember who it was but i said you know i got a i got a a gibson that was given to my grandfather by willie nelson he uh he was like man that's really awesome and i was like yeah and my grandfather uh before he became a lawman he was uh he was going to uh, trinity college in san antonio texas with willie and they played every saturday night at a radio station there on the college campus and my grandfather had a little beat up guitar that he got for a quarter and uh, one night he walked in to, to play on the radio show with willie and willie handed him this gibson and said uh, they all called him bubba his name was stetson and i'm, I'm named after him and but they called him Bubba down there in South Texas. And he said, hey, Bub, he said, I got this guitar for you here and you just take it. And uh, yeah, it turns out that it was Willie's and there was only a couple of these guitars ever made. I took it to uh, a guy in Fort Worth, Texas to see if he could date the guitar and uh, figure out what kind of wood that it was made out of. And uh he took it back in his shop and stuff and got to digging around and looking at it and stuff. And uh, there's no serial number on this guitar. And so he did some more further research into it. And it was uh, a special made guitar out of Brazilian oak wood. And he said that there was only two of these particular guitars that were made. And I, I've got one of them. And so it's pretty darn special and everything. And, so I'm pretty happy about it. <laughs> that is very, very cool, man. So you're named after your grandfather. Yes, sir. Yeah, his name was Stetson Gregory Reed. And uh, my mom named me after him. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. And you told me, man, uh, back, way back then, and then we talked about it a few days ago, about bull riding and, um, and how you got into that. You want to share that story? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, I was, I was I was raised by cowboys, and you know, we they all competed in rodeo and stuff. And uh, my grandfather on my dad's side and my dad, they both went to Sol Ross State University on a rodeo scholarship and uh, rode bulls and saddle bronc horses and all that. And uh, 
my three older brothers rode bulls professionally. And so I just, uh, you know, I didn't know anything else, I guess, you know, <laughs> I just, uh, started getting on when I was, when I was four years old, I won my first buckle on the sheep riding in Belen, New Mexico. And, and, uh, just went with it, you know, by the, by the shoot, by the time I was, you know, 12 years old, I was a seasoned vet. <laughs> <laughs> so they start the kids off on sheep. Is that, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Typically you do, you know, the, the younger you start them off, the better, um, for, because, it requires a lot of balance and stuff. You know, you got to be really balanced to, uh, to ride bulls and horses and things like that. And I'm sure Katie can attest for me there. And, uh, it's, it's just easier to, to get them cracking when they're young rather than, you know, later on in life. I actually, funny enough, was never interested in bull riding, but my dad did convince me to try mutton busting all of one time at a rodeo. Um, so there are photos of that somewhere, photo evidence of it, but man, it's really interesting to see. What, what is this mutton busting? Yeah, that's, that's what they call it. The mutton busting, uh, in the rodeos for sheep riding. I guess sheep riding is just too long of a name. <laughs> not as catchy, you know, not as marketable, but yep. Yeah. I, I tried it all of, I want to say two times and my dad, it's funny, he really wanted to see me just try it. He was very much one of those men who was like, you got to try it once. Um, raise me to be another one of his boys. <laughs> and so he was like, you're going to, you're going to try mutton busting. So I very distinctly remember him explaining it to me. And um, we were sitting on his bed and he was like, I promise you it'll be so easy. And he puts his fingers on his hand and goes, the sheep just go like this. And he like, you know, lifts up his fingers to mimic a sheep. That's not how my experience went with it at all. I got thrown off and stomped on by this little sheep. And gosh, I was teeny tiny, but it was a good experience for sure. Glad I did it, but would definitely not do it again and could not imagine trying to do something similar on a bull. So like props to you for that. <laughs> Them sheep can be pretty darn dangerous. Uh, I was at a pro rodeo one time and uh, this sheep, uh, decided to take off underneath a fence with the kid still on his back and <laughs> the kid didn't let go <laughs> oh no that does not surprise me i used to help out with the rodeo here at the fair in las cruces and oh my goodness you would be surprised i get very impressed with you know like just how determined some of these little kiddos get but at the same time makes me a little worried <laughs> That's cool. Well, you learn something every day, and I didn't think I was going to learn what mutton busting was. Goyo, you lied to me, man. We went mutton busting, but we did something way different. The story that I wanted uh, Stetson to tell is um, you, you have, you've been stepped on several times, right, in, in bull riding? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I broke almost every bone in my body. Uh, I broke my back. I broke my neck. I broke both my elbows. Broke four ribs on my left side i broke three ribs on my right side i broke my jaw twice i broke both my cheekbones let's see i broke fingers and toes i shattered i shattered my left foot uh I, it was a cold night in a practice pen and i rode my bull and i just jumped off of him landed on my feet and my foot exploded inside my boot and uh, i broke uh, pretty much every bone in top of on the top of my foot and tore all the ligaments and tendons and crap in there and then um broke my right foot but that was by a mule um 
I was uh, training a mule for a guy and then the mule decided to roll over the top of me inside of a bar ditch and uh, I got my foot hung in the stirrup and it broke my foot. <laughs> so, yeah, broke a lot of bones. <laughs> That'd have been a shorter list if you would have listed what you haven't broken yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, my my family doctor, uh, every time I go into him for an injury, you know, he he likes to break out all of the x-rays that he's x-rayed on me. And he told me, he says, I've almost got a perfect skeleton of you, but that's broken up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And so you said that uh, you were telling me one time that uh, a bull actually stepped on you and stopped your heart. Or was that is that right? Or did. Uh... So I was nine years old and it was the 4th of July in Calhan, Colorado. And uh, I entered junior bull riding in that deal. Um, I, I stepped up from uh, the peewee bull riding into the junior bull riding. That I, I convinced my mom that summer to let me get in it, and she did. And they had moved a bull down from the open division down to the junior division because he was getting a little bit older and slower, but he still bucked pretty hard. And I ended up drawing him. His name was Greenspot. And... Uh, I drew him, and man, I was, I was nervous as all get out. You know, I, I drew this bull that I watched my big brothers ride at open shows and stuff. You know, and so I got on him, and he went out there, and he turned back to the right. He made a couple jumps, and he went to the right, and he was just a big, stout bull. He was way too powerful for a nine-year-old kid, you know, and. And so he just threw me down underneath him and he stepped on my throat when he, and, uh, right behind my ear. And when he did his dew claw, which is the two tiny little, uh, uh, parts of the hoof in the back of the leg there, um, pierced my, my neck and it pushed my artery up against the back of my skull. So they got the bull out and, everything kind of went dark for me. Like I was still coherent, but you know, it was just, uh, a, you know, like whenever you get hit really hard and you know, you get your, your bird cage rattled there. You know, the paramedics that were there were looking at me and they said, Hey, we got, we got to get this kid out here. And so they loaded me up in the ambulance and that's when I knew like, this is really bad. Like something is bad happening to me right now, you know? And, and so they, they were loading me up and the guy, he put a lot of pressure on my neck because I was bleeding out pretty bad. Um, my, my brother, my brother, Brad, he told, he told me, he said, you know, that you're bleeding out so much that like, it was just a pool of blood was coming off of the table and onto the floor and and stuff and so we they were hauling butt to colorado springs uh to get me over to the the trauma unit over there and i was uh you know going in and out of shock and stuff and some of this story you know was i was told to me by my mom because i was i was so young too and and i remember a lot of it as well but the kid that was uh, the the medic was holding on to that gauze as hard as he could, and here I am, a nine-year-old kid, and I'm 
I'm begging my mom not to let me die. You know, I was, I was terrified and she was comforting me and stuff. And this kid, you know, he was, mom said that he was about 18, 19 years old. And she said that he was shaking and she reached over and she put her hand on his hand. And one of the hardest things a parent can do is she looked at this boy and she said, if he goes, don't blame yourself. You've done all that you could. She said, don't blame yourself. You don't want to live with that. And so she was, <laughs> not only was she trying to comfort me, but she was comforting this kid too. You know, he was, he was scared and traumatized, you know, what was happening. And, uh, so they, they got me over to the trauma center in Colorado Springs and they, they brought me in there and they were, they were doing all that they could to help me and stuff. And, uh, they, uh, they told my parents, they said, look, you know, there's nothing we can do for him here. We have to flight for life him to children's hospital in Denver. And so they loaded me up in the helicopter and I remember, I remember some of that. I remember talking to, uh, one of the medics that was taking care of me inside the helicopter and everything. And, and, uh, uh, he was, you know, a, a really friendly guy and stuff from what I remember. And she beat the helicopter to children's hospital. She was driving and <laughs> she was, she was hauling butt, you know, from Colorado Springs to Denver. And she, she beat them there, you know? And so they got me there and, and they got me unloaded from the helicopter and my mom was able to get into the room where I was at this nurse, you know, she, she tried to stop my mom. She's, you can't be in here. You can't be in here. And my mom just pushed her out of the way. And my mom said when she saw me that I was as white as a sheet of paper. And like I had, you know, no, no blood going in my body basically. And I was, I was shaking all over, like convulsing basically. And, uh, she reached over and she touched me and she kissed me on the head and she just started talking to me and stuff. And she said that that settled, settled me down and everything. And she was telling me that she was there for me and, and stuff. And, um, so they, uh, children's hospital had contacted, um, five different doctors from around the globe and flew them in right then and there. I mean, those guys, they put them on a plane and got them over there fast and uh, with it within the same day. And, uh, they had, uh, evaluated me and, they came out and they had told my mom and, and my dad, you know, they, they just kind of huddled around my parents and, and they said, uh, you know, you need to get ready to say your goodbyes to your son because he's, he's not going to make it uh, another 24 hours. You know, there's, there's really nothing we can do to help him. And my dad spoke up and my dad is a real quiet man he really doesn't really say much he's a chemical engineer really smart intelligent man and real quiet very stoic and and he said no 
And he said, uh, no, God's not going to let my son die. He's going to live. He said, that boy is going to live. And so they went in there to see me. And I remember my dad, you know, visiting with me and stuff. And then I, next thing I knew, I was in the intensive care unit at Children's Hospital getting taken care of and everything. And uh, I pulled, I pulled through, you know, that, that, you know, I, I got to witness a lot of stuff when I was there in Children's. First of all, Children's Hospital is, is wonderful. It's a wonderful place. And the people there are very, very professional and, and very, very caring people and everything. But, uh, you know, when you're, when you're in those intensive care units, you know, the only thing that's separating you from the next person is basically a, like a bed sheet, you know, and, and, uh, I, I had witnessed, uh, a couple of people that had a couple kids that had, uh, died next to me when I was in there. And one of them was, uh, a 16 year old girl. And, and that, that sticks with me, you know, uh, it's pretty hard to, uh, to deal with that sometimes, you know, and there's, a there's another, there's another little girl that I had kind of became friends with while I was there at children's hospital. And she had had something going on with her heart. And I remember she had passed away next to me as well. And hearing her, hearing her mom, you know, there's no sound like a mother that's crying over a child that passed away. It's, uh, it is very hard to mimic that sound. It's, it's wild, you know, and, uh, yeah, it was, it definitely, it changed my life. That is for sure. And, uh, when I was, when I was there, I had, I had passed away. I, I died and was clinically dead for, oh, like three minutes or something like that. Um, they had to stick a, an angiogram in my groin and run it up past my heart to examine my neck. And, uh, this was before I was uh, in the intensive care unit. I, I just, I died on the table and uh, they had to bring me back to life. And so for any of those that wonder if there's something after this world, you know, after you die, there definitely is. There darn sure is. I'll tell you that it's, it's different. I've talked to some people that have had near death or death experiences and stuff and trying to figure out what it was that I went through and found some similar stories to mine and, and everything, you know, um, and it does, it does change you. It changes your, your thought process on things. That's for sure. Man, that's definitely a much more detailed story than I've ever heard. And I know you've told me that, you know, when we first met, we talked about this a little bit, but you know, I just thank you so much for sharing that. It has it has to be extremely personal, but I'd love you know the takeaway and the person that you've become, 
you know, you're a stand-up guy, man, and one of, you know, one of the better people that I am happy to know. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, anytime. Um, it's definitely something that's worth sharing. I experienced a lot and experienced uh, a lot of uh, a lot of death from an early age. And, you know, it's uh, it makes you appreciate life. You know, you, you only live this life once, you know, here on this earth. And that's and that's that. You know, once when you're gone there, it's not a video game. There ain't no reset button. And so I, I just try to live the best I can every day and try to treat people like the best I can and how I'd like to be treated and, and uh, you know, have fun with it while you're here. Now, was it because of that incident that they had found something else that was going on? Uh, didn't, didn't we talk about that? Yeah, so after the bullet stepped on my neck, it was a, probably two or three months later, I was able to get out of Children's Hospital, and I was able to get home, and I was getting taken back for routine checkups, and uh, my blood pressure was very, very high. It was... Uh, that of like a 200 pound diabetic man kind of thing I, I remember the doctor telling my mom that and but the this one particular doctor this lady doctor said but it, it should go back to normal it, it everything will go back to normal but nothing was going back to normal and my mom kept taking me back and taking me back and finally this doctor she said look I have a friend that owes me a favor and so she had sent me to um, a cardiologist uh, in Denver. And so they did a echogram and a sonogram of my heart. And they found out that I had a coarctation in my aortic valve. And what, what a coarctation is, is it causes your your aortic valve to to shrink and not not grow basically so it hadn't grown since the time i was born it was when they cut it out of me is about the size of a match head when it should have been about as big around as a as a nickel and they immediately whenever they got the results back from the sonogram and and uh, the uh, echo the ekg and all that stuff they they scheduled me to have heart surgery and so they got me in there to see uh dr clark and dr chin chan there at children's hospital and in october of 2000 i had uh that heart surgery done and i had my aortic valve uh removed out of my heart and they replace they didn't replace it but they they stapled it shut with uh three titanium staples and, and that's that they said that you know he should he should grow out of it and be just fine and stuff and and he'll be good but because i was born with that um the left side of my heart is larger than the right side of my heart and every eighth beat it skips a beat and uh that's part of the reason why 
I basically, I, I survived getting my uh, arteries stepped on by that bull was my heart was pumping more blood to my upper extremities than it was my lower extremities. And so it kept me alive. You know, I, I, it, I didn't, I didn't die. If, if you nick one of your arteries in your, in your throat, you know, you're, you're dead. There's, <laughs> there's really not, not coming back from that, you know? And, and so my, but that coartation is what kept me alive and kept me from, from, you know, just totally bleeding out to death right there, you know? And, and if they, if it wouldn't have been for that, that bull stepping on my throat, they would have never found that I had a coartation in my aortic valve which I would have died from that anyways. They, they call that the silent killer because usually people show no symptoms, no signs of having a coartation in their valve. And then one day, you, you know, I would have been walking to school and I would have just fell over and been dead before I hit the ground. Such an amazing story, man. Uh, I mean, really just the resilience of the human body, the human spirit. And after all that, you're still riding bulls. You're doing MMA. You're still doing martial arts. I I love it. Absolutely love it. You know the the crazy thing is is the doctors they they said you know he'll never be able to compete in sports. You know he's not gonna be like an athletic kind of person and stuff. And and I remember my mom sitting at the table one night and. I went up to her and I told her, I said, look, you know, I, I really want to play football. I really want to ride bulls. I want to do these things. And I ragged her enough that, you know, she finally, she told me, she said, okay, if you want to do it, we'll do it. And so here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Katie, or I'm sorry. Yeah, Jamie, we got Jamie on, man. What's up, Jamie? Hey, thanks for uh, having me on and let me speak. I I just wanted to say it's great to hear Stetson, hear your story, Stetson. I hadn't heard of all the details of it before, and uh, I'm very glad to still have you with us. Uh, you you know you're a uh, you're an impressive person, and I liked you from the first minute I met you. You're I have to say I've said it before. You're one of the toughest dudes I've ever met, and I'm impressed with your with your attitude. A lot of people get discouraged from you know adversity and and injuries and setbacks and. You know, I've been there too, not nearly as bad as, uh, you know, getting stomped on by bulls, but I've had my fair share of injuries too. But um, I, I do have the same attitude. You, you can't just quit. You know, you have to find what you can still do and still keep living this life. I mean, you know, there's going to come a time where, you know, guys like you and me, we're going to have to just sit in a chair and watch TV and watch other people do things. But I'm not ready to be there yet. But uh, I'll tell you what's funny. When I first met you, I liked you from the minute I met you, but you remind me of a dude i met 23 years ago and it was in i'll keep the story short because i know we're late on time but it was 1999 and i was working in douglas arizona in the winter time it was right before the new year and if anyone's old enough to remember y2k everyone was worried about uh all the computers shutting down freezing ass cold in the winter and i was in the middle of nowhere and driving down a little county road I saw a dude walking on the road in my headlights in front of me, little short cowboy wearing skinny ass Wrangler jeans and cowboy boots, no shirt, pasty ass white skin. I could see he had blood all on his back 
And this is in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I roll up. I figured this guy's going to slow down because he hears a car come behind him. I'm like, oh, thank God somebody's here. I thought maybe he was in a wreck or, or whatever. So I roll up alongside him and he just keeps walking like he's got a place to go. I'm like, hey, man, you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm good, sir. I'm like, where are you going? He's like, I got to get back to the base. And Fort Huachuca, which was an army post, but they had a bunch of different branches doing specialized training, was probably about 35 miles away. I'm like, you going to Fort Huachuca? He's like, yeah, sir. Am I going the right way? I'm like, yeah, but you're not going to make it. You're going to freeze to death. It was probably about 10 degrees and it was snowing. And I'm like, here, get in my truck. What? And he was, had blood all on his face, all down his back. And as I'm talking to him, I see he's got no front teeth, top or bottom. I'm like, dude, you get into a fight? He's like, yeah. I said, they knocked your teeth out? He goes, no, that, 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 uh, that happened a while ago. I'm like, how'd you lose your teeth? He's like, a bull bit me. And I grew up in New York City. I mean, I've been in the Border Patrol for you know 25 years now. So I know a little bit more about horses. I've been on the horse patrol. But back then, I was like, I didn't even know what bull riding was. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? A bull bit you. And this kid was from Wyoming. He was a Marine. He went down to Mexico, got drunk, got into a fight, lost his rental car down there, and was walking back to the base with no shirt, covered in friggin' blood. I took this guy back to uh, where we were posted up at, got him a shower, got him one of my shirts, which it, it looked like he stole like his dad's clothes because he was about five foot three. But same same character, you know, just a tough dude who, I got I to gotta walk 35 miles. I got my ass kicked. I don't have a shirt. It's snowing. I'm just going to do it. And that's what that's what Stetson reminded me of from the minute I met him. The same type of attitude. Well, that sounds like a pretty tough dude right there. Yeah. And I appreciate you, Jamie. And shoot, I've, man, I've dug you ever since the first moment I met you too, man. Yeah, it'll be great to see you on Saturday. I'm looking forward to your fight there with Goyo. That's going to be a good one. Oh, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. I darn sure am. Goyo's a pretty tough dude. Yeah, he so is. Gonna be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know that. We're going to have some fun. I heard a rumor he's bringing a bull into the ring to even it out. Oh, man. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> After hearing both of these stories, I think I can successfully say that Goyo is quaking in his boots over there. <laughs> I think Go Goyo's calm and ready. Yeah, going is a good sport. Uh, he's actually done some bull riding himself, I, I believe, uh, back when I first met him. And um, you know, he he's got he's got some cowboy in him too. So it's it's gonna be a good one. I I gotta tell you, man. One of our kids, there's a kid in our kids class that I I absolutely love. He's got a resilient spirit. You know, never gets discouraged. But when we were there in September at the Blue Moon, and he saw you come out in your in your cowboy hat and your and your uh, MMA or your your jiu-jitsu gear he just went nuts he's like oh my god there's a cowboy here dude he he's one of your biggest fans heck yeah heck yeah shoot man. i just try to try to live live it you know that's that's what it's about is living it and everything and enjoying yourself absolutely this was i mean it was great talking to you man you told some great stories and i'm sure you got a bunch more but i'm going to open up the lines for anybody if anyone has any questions remember you can always type them if you hit the chat bubble if you're not able to speak um and katie do you have anything to say i just want to say a huge thank you for coming on here and sharing that story i 
you know, I like to talk, but man, that whole time I just had goosebumps and I just was not sure where, where it was headed next. And, and I appreciate just you being willing to come on here and share that with us. I think um, it's a really, really amazing story and just hearing how far you've come and how it's, you know, helped shape your perspectives on life is really cool. I think that a lot of times when people have experiences like that, they sometimes tend to use that as their like sad story. Right. And I saw a post today that's like, everyone has a sad story. Um, use it to build yourself. And I think you, you did exactly that. And that's just so amazing to hear. Cause that's crazy. That's, that's a life changing experience for sure. And you took it and you took it with stride. So just so cool to hear really inspiring. Well, I'm, I'm honored that you, you really like it and, and everything. And, you know, like I said, you just gotta, you gotta take every day as a blessing because you never know when it's over. I know. I, I always love when you can see the little like microphone come on and off, <laughs> but I was just going to say, thanks, man. I, you know, as someone who's experienced lost themselves and it's, it's again, just really cool to hear. So thanks again. So Stetson, any big plans for this year? I know it's still early in the year. Um, anything that uh, you're looking to do these, these next few months or later on in the year, you've been riding bulls a lot and you've been training a lot. I mean, you travel all over the place. You get, you get good training in and every, uh, it seems like you're riding bulls now quite a bit. So any, any big goals this year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to see if I can make the turquoise circuit finals in the PRCA this year. Um, they have the turquoise circuit finals in November and they usually have them in lost curses and stuff. And that's a, that's a goal there. And, and, uh, also, uh, winning the year end in tombstone, uh, they gave out a pretty badass saddle this last year to the year end champ there in tombstone. And I was like, Hey, I want that saddle. So <laughs> I'm going yeah. to try and win that sucker this year. And, uh, I talked a little bit with my buddy, Justin Adams. He was seeing if I could try and make it down his way uh, in the spring or the summertime and get some training over there at Looters Gym. He's got some some good young prospects coming up in the MMA world that he wants to see if they can test their metal with me and stuff. So I'm going to I'm going to do that and everything I'm. I'm like Justin's guinea pig. Anytime he's got some young prospects coming up, he calls me up and says, hey, you know, I want you to get in the cage with these guys. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's do it. And, you know, just going to going to and competing at jiu-jitsu tournaments. I got, I'm going to compete in Naga on the 25th in El Paso and, and uh, just see if I can hit as many jiu-jitsu tournaments as I can and, and try and win them all. That's awesome, man. I love it. I love the work you put in. I love seeing you compete and do everything that you do. And it's always a great time hearing from you. So once again, man, thanks for coming on uh, and hope to have you back really soon. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'll definitely be, be back. And uh, I got plenty of stories, some good ones and some funny ones. <laughs> we'll definitely cover it, man. Thank you once again so much. Stetson's going to be at the Blue Belt Bash this weekend. He's got a super fight, and he's in the Blue Belt Tournament. Leonard's going to be out there with us. Scoob and Jamie have super fights. Ruben's going to be there. It's going to be awesome time, man. It's going to be really fun. Katie, why don't you take us away? Once again, everybody, you know, thank you so much for joining us. 
this one's going to be one that you're going to want to tell your friends to replay. I guarantee you. Yes, we're so excited again. Just like Mark said, thank you so much, Stetson. We appreciate you, and I'm sure we're going to have you on again. Um, always such great conversation. And we are so excited for the Blue Belt Bash this weekend. It is going to be so much fun. Um, we are going to have a few people doing different media coverage coming down from Albuquerque, some really great friends of mine doing short videos, so a little plug-in for them. Um, really great friend of mine, Aaron, is going to be doing short videos if that's something that y'all are interested in. And then, of course, photography coverage as well. Um, super excited to watch this competition. It is going to be awesome. We have so many great competitors coming out. I'm really looking forward to seeing everyone. I think it's going to be a good time. Um, and with that being said, thank y'all for being here, and we'll see y'all next time. Adios, everybody.